Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Hooked on Fantasy, and happy Thursday. I'm joined by always as my Subway-loving, uh, as my, uh, my, I'm joined as always with my Subway-loving, handsomer co-host, Akash. How you doing, buddy? Good, man. What about you? I'm chilling. I'm chilling. What'd you get from Subway tonight? Hmm? What'd you get from Subway? Um, ham, provolone, bacon, tomatoes, black olives. Okay, kind of light dub, but the tomato and black olives need to go. Gotta go. The tomatoes are just because it's like slightly healthy and I can't really taste them. And the black olives are just really good and I get a bunch of them. And then I'm not an olive guy. They're really good with vinegar and salt pepper the way I get them. That also is the bacon. It's so good. You get it toasted, yeah? No, just the bacon toasted. But like you all don't the, get, the you don't get the sub toast. You gotta toast the sub, my guy. No, I, I don't. I don't like it. I like the cold of the, I like the cold of the of the ham and the cheese. It's just good. And then I guess the, that's the, valid. The vinegar and the bacon, like the sour and uh, savory, it's so good. I guess that's valid. I guess that's valid. Yeah, Anyways, valid. uh, mo- moving on here to today's news and notes from around the NFL. Uh, Mike Williams is on the COVID list, but he could play Sunday still. Uh, watch that closely. Mark Ingram has been placed on the COVID list as well. He's not expected to play. Uh, Kenyon Drake placed on IR with an ankle injury. Uh, feel free to drop him. He's not going to come back probably for fantasy relevance at all. Kamara and Taysom Hill were both full participants in practice on Wednesday, so they're expected to play as usual on uh, this coming Sunday. And then this is interesting. I don't know if you saw this, Akash. Mixon, Burrow, and T. Higgins all did not practice on Wednesday, uh, which is very interesting. Mixon has an illness. Burrow's resting that pinky. I think he'll be fine, but Higgins is out with, I think it was an ankle, uh, if I'm not mistaken. So that's, that's interesting. Uh, and then Justin Fields is set to start Sunday uh, over Andy Dalton, which is an interesting one for me. Uh, I know we just talked about that on uh, yesterday's show, on Wednesday's show, uh, about the Justin Fields and Andy Dalton situation. So that's an interesting one for me, for sure. Uh, I tweeted this from the Dynasty Nerds account earlier, but do you think that Fields gives them a better or worse chance uh, at, at beating the Packers? Um. I don't know. Worse? Better? I have no I have no clue. I just... I haven't been, like, focusing on how he's been doing from, like, an overall standpoint. But just from... He's been, like, pretty bad this year to start, but he had a couple of good games before he got hurt. And so it's really just... Um, if that was more of an upward trend than just two good games, then, yeah, I think that... that raises the bare ceiling, which is what they need to beat the Packers. But Andy Dalton's more of a like a low ceiling, high higher floor kind of guy. And that's not always gonna be a team that has like three losses and is what, nine and three? One they're of those very losses good. They're the very Jordan Love game. Right. They're a great team. I think high ceiling option in fields may just give them a better chance to win. That's a good point about the high floor ceiling kind of argument there. Like I like you said, I think you hit it nicely that you know Dalton has that higher floor, but Fields could bring that little bit of an extra, uh, extra spice, if you will, to potentially, uh, you know, put them over the top, which I like. So, but they don't, they don't win regardless of who starts. I think they just lose. Yeah, that that's fair. And <laughs> uh, limited all week, like they're they're screwed. I mean, the Bears kind of suck regardless, but you know, I mean, they're probably gonna lose. They're playing their owner, uh, you know, self-proclaimed owner Aaron Rodgers. Uh, majority shareholder of the Chicago Bears, apparently. Uh, moving forward, though, into uh, this, this week's slate of games, uh, Thursday Night Football, my Pittsburgh Steelers are taking on the Minnesota Vikings on the road. Vikings are favored by three in Vegas right now, three-point spread. Uh, personally, I'm expecting this game to have a wide range of outcomes, honestly. I think I think it could be a high-scoring affair that could go back and forth. Uh, it could be a shootout, or it could be a bit of a slugfest uh, that is a little bit slower-paced. 
what what are you kind of seeing from this game? Um, it's never a boring game whenever the Vikings are involved. I'll say that. Uh, I I think that this game probably ends up as a good one, like relatively high scoring, just because both these teams are not great on defense. Sure. Steelers well, obviously typically are better, but throughout the season they haven't been. It's been largely due to injuries. I, yeah, I, I'll agree with that for sure. They've been really bad the last few weeks, but um, they they played a great game on Sunday, so I'm hoping to see that again. But like you mentioned, though, they have not been great as of recent, so we'll see if that can if that trend continues or not. I think like what is it, Joe Hayden? I think that's going to be a big uh, question mark. Is he yeah, he, he hasn't played the last, like, three games, and that's been one of the reasons the defense has struggled so much. Exactly. I don't pay attention to defensive players. So, you're on that. Um, I think in this game, I'm still uh, – I think Thielen's likely out, Cook's likely out, which makes Madison a, probably a must-star just because of the overall workload he sees. And then KJ Osborne and Tyler Conklin are okay starts. Like, I'm not – I'm personally off Conk because of how good the Steelers have been against tight ends. Yeah, that's what I mean. It's obviously really a wasteland, but Conklin, like, if he gets, like, five, six targets, maybe it's decent. Kind of a falling into the end zone kind of play. It's it's a low floor play because he's more of a blocking tight end. There's always a chance that he just does very little in the receiving game. Same with KJ Osborne, who's not some great talent, but – there's going to be like 90% plus route participation, which is always valuable, especially against the secondary that hasn't been great recently. Exactly. I was going to say the same thing. I just think if I was going to pick one of those guys, you know, kind of throw out the wall there, I would definitely go and be going for Osborne personally, just because like you mentioned, uh, we both mentioned I, the Steelers do a pretty good job against tight end usually. Uh, and they've been pretty thin at corner recently, especially with Hayden out. I don't know if he's going to return for Thursday. Uh, he might not. I mean, he's been out for a while and on a short week. They might just let him, yeah. you know, sit it out again, but, I would go for the wide receiver for sure. And um, your cousins, like yeah, uh, against a team that's not been great on defense recently, with Jefferson absolutely lighting it up. I think Cousins is a fine low QB one, high QB two option. Does it does it move the needle at all for you that it's prime time Kirk Cousins? No, I know. I'm just kidding. I'm, the prime time Kirk Cousins thing is a is a it's a real. It's curve. a good meme. All of those all that stuff's a good meme, but it is a good meme. I don't care. Yeah, I mean, I don't really care either. Especially, I mean, for fantasy purposes, no one really cares if you win or lose. It's all about that sweet garbage time anyway, right? So, you know, who really cares anyway? Let's get into these uh, the actual slated games here. We're going to cover half the games today, half the games tomorrow. Uh, that'll be Thursday and Friday, Are obviously. Gonna, uh, skip the breakdown of the Steelers, your Pittsburgh Steelers. Oh, shit, my bad. <laughs> my bad. I thought we just got it all. Yeah, so uh, uh, yeah, so I think Najee's going to have a good game as usual. I mean, he's always pretty consistent. Workload's you, you, there. What do you say? Workload's always there. You can't bet yeah. him. Exactly. Yeah. Move, it's like a low tight end one. It's, yeah. It's, Deontay yeah, I mean, is a must-start. Yeah, I, mm-hmm. I agree. Deontay, Deontay is the must-start here. Claypool's been pretty inconsistent, but he's a good option. Um, targets fine it's just that they're hot like really volatile targets in the fact that they're down the field sometimes they don't convert on them especially it doesn't help that it's big ben throwing them but they're valuable targets and he's a good wide receiver viking secondary has not been great so there's some great upside there he's not the kind of guy that i would leave on my bench unless i have like some really good options i'd be treating with like a high wide receiver three here yeah i agree um, so yeah, Deontay is definitely a must start. Najee is that obviously you're playing Najee. 
Uh, you're playing Claypool as well. I'm not really touching anyone else in the Steelers. No Ray Ray McLeod. No James Washington, obviously. No big uh, So leave all those guys at home as usual. No Benny Snell. Uh, nothing nothing crazy. <laughs> Please, no Benny Snell. He actually got a couple good carries the other game, though. I was impressed. Usually every time he comes in the game, I, like, roll my eyes. But he actually did a pretty good job the other day, which was I nice. will say, if you, have, if you have the setting on that allows you to drop bench players um, after their game's been played, would you add... Benny Snell or Kalen Balage? Uh, I'd go Snell. I mean, they tried to force Kenny uh, Balage some carries earlier in the season, but not Kenny, Kalen. Uh, he was so bad, but uh, so Benny, Benny's – Kenny – oh, my gosh, I can't talk. <laughs> Benny's kind of came back into the into the role there. But uh, and Anthony McFarland suited up two games ago, I think, um, but he didn't get any actual carries. I think they just yeah, used he's not, I think he's really just the – fourth guy there but that's the uh a high upside option for you because if Naja was to go down i don't think that one of them would step into the vast majority of work but someone would step into some i'd expect it to be benny if and given that it's a thursday game just if you have a spot you can go ahead and add them it's an easy drop if that setting allows you it's an easy drop if Naja doesn't get hurt in the game that setting is actually really interesting. I want to play in a league that's like that. I haven't done one of those yet. I mean, it's kind of like best ball a little bit, but like not really. I think yeah. it's interesting. I haven't really done it. Have you Have you played best ball, Akash? No, not a lot. But the thing that lets you drop a player after their game starts, that's like it's never been a setting that I've uh, had in the league on purpose. It's always that the commissioner accidentally turns it on or like forgets to turn it off. Sure. And so – uh, I just check, and earlier in the season in one of those leagues, I added Chuba Hubbard right before the Texans game where CMC got hurt. So I was like, yeah, I liked out there. Nice. Yeah, I mean, I like that too. I, I think it was – um, what was the other setting I saw on Twitter? I think it might have been, might have been Jeff Bell. Uh, I forget who it was. But they, ha- they had a setting where uh, after every week you could pick a player on your bench to plug in your starting lineup. I thought That's that was cool. really interesting as well. Like after all the games were over, like you could like plug like one bench player in or like make like one sub which is like a slight hybrid of best ball and redraft, which I thought was pretty cool. Yeah. Um, I thought that stuff like that's always very interesting. Uh, but yeah, moving on to the actual uh, actual games now. I, uh, I did not skip anything this time. Uh, let's head into the Ravens and Browns here. So the Ravens going into Cleveland on the road. The Browns are two and a half point favorites, which is uh, very interesting to me. The, the Browns have not been very good as of I late. What do you say? I'd, I'd take the Ravens. I would, too, personally. I'm not too sure why the Browns are favored, honestly. I think it might have something really to do with Marlon Humphrey. Home. Right. Humphrey plus the Browns are home. Like, extra time off the bye. I think it's, like, on a neutral field, all things being equal, this would be more of a pick But the Browns are home. But, like, straight up, I'd take the Ravens. Just really? I just, yeah, I agree. I'm just interested in this note you have in the doc here. It says, start no one on the Browns except for Chubb, I guess. <laughs> And yeah, because like the the Ravens have been because you got to start Chubb, but the Ravens have been good against running backs. Like last time they played the Browns, they just shut down the running game to the point where the Browns pretty much abandoned the run, and that's not a thing they normally do. It's not something I'm expecting to happen again. But you're not going to bench Nick Chubb, but for Kareem Hunt, he really is more of like a flex play because the Ravens are good against receiving uh, running backs and the rushing game. So. It's really it, like it's always like playing the maybe falls into the end zone and gets a few targets game for Cream Hunt, and the fact that they like involve him so much is what gives him like his RB two uh, RB two scoring despite the fact that he really is a fifty 
like 45% opportunity share guy. But I think that this is a game where I'm really, I'm looking, if I have better options like that jump out, I'm not looking to start hunting because I don't expect him to be very involved. And I don't expect him to be very effective for with what he is given. Yeah, I agree 100%. Let's move over to the Raven side of the ball here. Uh, you know, I mean, you're starting the big three, as you have in the dock here, Hollywood, Andrews, and Lamar. Uh, I'm just kind of reading what you write down, so sorry for stealing your notes. But Freeman, yeah, I agree. He's a desperate start for sure. Uh, nothing He's getting good, special. like, good routes, route participation, good receiving work. So there is something there. And, like, he's been more effective on the ground than he was, say, in New York last year. Like, there's something about running backs whenever they play. With Lamar Jackson, they just uh, the scheme opens up more for them, I guess. And so, yeah, he's a fine starter. Like, I have him in two leagues where I win zero RB, and I was like, I guess kind of lucky, kind of good to get him off waivers. And I'm like, yeah, I'll start him there. I, I don't feel horribly like that's a 10 points solid. He honestly, like, eye test wise, he looked pretty good against the Steelers the other week. I mean, he definitely has a little bit of juice left. Uh, and like you said, he kind of benefits from the, the Lamar Jackson, uh, you know run heavy quarterback reoption kind of, you know, zone read scheme, uh, you know, opens up those running lanes a little bit more, like you mentioned. And yeah, I, he looked good. I mean, he, he definitely has that explosiveness uh, in him still, which is great to see. Um, but yeah, I mean, I agree with you. A low scoring AFC North game is kind of in the cards here. So and I'm going to take Ravens uh, if I was a betting man, but yeah. And I'm you know, mentioning Bateman, sadly. Yeah, no Bateman. Bateman feels a little gross here for sure. His uh, routes and snaps have been have gone down a bit for in favor of like more a little bit more Sammy Watkins and Devin Duvernay. It's not something I like, but in the short term, like just for this game or next couple games until I see that go back up, I'm gonna have to sadly bench Bateman. Yeah, for now, yeah, you're gonna have to bench him and kind of hope to see a little bit of a bounce back. Unfortunately, but we still love Bateman long term. Bateman and Dynasty is still daddy, uh, as always. Anyway. Moving forward, uh, Jags at Titans here. Titans minus eight and a half this is a pretty big spread. Uh, you, you know, you're playing J Rob if he's been uh, if he's healthy in there. Julio could be back, which could be interesting. Uh, I'm not too sure how to feel about that. He could be an interesting play if he's back on the field. Tannehill feels pretty gross. Not really looking to start him if I have other options. Um, you know, Titans defense might be pretty interesting here because T Law probably turn the ball over a bit. Uh, Hilliard's a bit of a desperation play, but I don't really love any of the options here. Maybe Marvin Jones. No, it's been Treadwell. If you want to like look at the X receiver, and it's been like a mixture. Neither of them, like I know Treadwell is not a guy that like you'd expect. Fantasy superstar Laquan Treadwell. Marvin Jones earlier in the season, but he's been getting more involved over the last couple weeks. Like he ran. Pretty much the same amount of routes as Marvin Jones last week, and saw he's been getting like a few targets over the last couple games since Shamal Agnew went down. But it's not great. I don't want to start any of them, even though the Titans have been really, really bad against the passing game. And I don't want to start Trevor Lawrence either. It's really just James Robinson, and that's it. It's like we never left 2020. I mean, if you have Julio on your roster still somehow and he's healthy, I, I feel like you have to play him. And it's uh, like you don't want to be trapped into doing that. Like I, no, I no, I agree. I'm just saying. Like I, I think I'm you, starting. If, if it's I, close between like Julio and let's say like a Marvin Jones, I would go Julio for sure. Personally, yeah, I treat him more as like a low uh, wide receiver two or a high wide receiver three. Like obviously, no AJ Brown, solid. It's a pretty good matchup. There's a chance that he reaggravates something or is limited 
in the game, which is something that you have to take. But all a lot of wide receivers have high volatility. Julio still has pretty decent ceiling in a pretty good matchup. Yeah. And so, yeah, I'm interested. I don't think he's lost a step or anything. It's just a matter of playing all throughout the game and not being limited. As for the running backs there, I expect Foreman to be the leader in carries and opportunity share. And either Hilliard or McNichols, if he returns, to be like the receiving back. Because McNichols was more of the receiving back before he had that concussion. And over the last couple of weeks, while uh, McNichols had been out, it's really been uh, Hilliard seeing like 60 to 55 to 60% route participation, which is like, yeah, you're a receiving back. Like, that's pretty good receiving uh, usage. And so it's, I think it's going to be ambiguous because neither one of, one of them will, like jumps out at me as like, yeah, this guy's going to be the receiving back. So I think Foreman is the guy that you want there for running backs, but he's really just another desperate start. Yeah, it's still pretty gross, but thankfully the Jaguars defense is a pretty good matchup for running backs. So they could be, you know, they could they could put up some points and be fantasy relevant. Uh, if, if I were to pick the spread here, Kosh, where are you going? You going Titans minus eight and a half or Jags plus eight and a half? Ah, that's tough. Um, I'm gonna take the Titans. Yeah, I think I think the the this is the divisional Jags. game. If that helps you at all, I, I think I'll take Jags. Okay, all right, I like it. I mean, I would this like to spread so wide for a team that's been pretty inconsistent. And yeah, I agree. End up across the board and not great on defense. Yeah, their defense has been very up and down all season. But moving into one that I think this is gonna be a very good game. Raiders at Chiefs. Chiefs minus nine and a half. Uh, just right off the gate, I'm taking the Raiders here in the spread. That's way too many points for a close divisional game, in my opinion. I agree. And um, the Raiders always seem to like have that one game where they give like the Chiefs a hard time. I and agree. The fact that the Chiefs have been Mahomes has been kind of up and down. Like obviously, across the season, he's been still pretty pretty good. He's still Patrick Mahomes, but there has been times where they just it's been some bad luck. It's been some of the errant throws coming back to bite them. So I think like the, with that wide of a spread, it's fine to take the Raiders there. Yeah. Uh, moving forward here, into the weapons you're playing. I mean, you're playing all the big ones for the, the Chiefs. You're playing Kelsey Hill, Mahomes. Uh, Daryl Williams and CEH are interesting kind of split there. I'm not too sure what you're doing. I think you have to play Clyde, uh, at least in the flex if you have him. Uh, what, are you, what are you thinking about Williams? Do you like Williams still or no? Uh, Daryl Williams, not really. I mean, Clyde Edwards-Alaire, since he's been back, has been, like, the guy on the ground. He's been getting a fine opportunity share, and it's been leading to fine RB2 numbers. But he's been he's been running less routes than Daryl Williams. Williams has ran 43 routes over the last couple games compared to Clyde running 23. Not 23, 27 routes over the last couple games. So it really lowers the ceiling and the floor for Clyde Edwards-Alaire. But it doesn't give me enough receiving work for Daryl Williams to be startable because he's not doing anything on the ground really. It's real if he's gonna like be if he finishes the week as um like a low RB three or something or a high RB two, I'm gonna guess that he sniped a touchdown. That's I'm not starting. Sure. I agree. Let's move over to the Raiders side of the ball. I mean, Carr is a decent QB play here. I think that he you have him as a QB two. I think he's a QB one on the week, honestly. Chief D has been better. Ranky. That's just feel. Okay, that's fair. Uh, you know, I, I, I think that's fine. I think he's in that QB ten to like fourteen range, personally, like, yeah. more, like on the cusp. Like he's low on QB one. Kirk Cousins. Yeah, basically. Uh, I think, yeah, like, I think you crushed it here. Renfro's a start. Waller's a start if he's healthy. 
Jacobs a low on RB1. Uh, Kenyon Drake's out uh, long-term, so maybe we see a boost in Jacobs' numbers, which could be nice. Not Jacob's touching anybody already, else from the Raiders at all. Yeah, Jacobs was already running more, like, significantly more routes than Kenyon Drake, even before Drake went down. So I think that the receiving work is there for Jacobs to be, like, a low RB1 because he's already getting rushing workload. Coming into the season, people were really, really worried about his receiving work, but over the last few weeks, there's been a trend of him seeing more in the receiving department. So he's obviously a must-start, and I really think that he can give you some solid low RB1 numbers there. Yeah, Josh Jacobs could be a real league winner uh, with Kenyon Drake out. Seriously, people don't really think of that, but he, he easily could be for sure. Uh, moving on here to a, this is an interesting one for me. Uh, Saints at Jets. Saints minus five points. Smaller line than some people have expected against the New York Jets. Uh, but the Saints quarterback play has not been good, and the Jets have been getting better. Uh, I, I'll give them some credit. They've been, I mean, they're, they've been bad, but they're getting better. Uh, noticeable. Good improvement. game last week. Yeah, they're, they're starting. They're starting to hit their stride a little bit on offense more. Uh, Zach Wilson looks a little bit improved. Um, uh, yeah, I, I'll keep it short and simple. The only players I want to start in this game are Elijah Moore, Alvin Kamara, and maybe Taysom Hill. Yeah, maybe. pretty much. I know it, it looks like I wrote a lot for the Saints, but that's really just me writing a bunch to say Taysom and Kamara. And don't touch Callaway or Trey Smith. Dude, Taysom was so bad, but he still put up a decent fantasy performance. I know, I know. And the, the Jets have been solid against QB runs. But I'm still expecting like good uh, rushing volume and obviously some good. I mean, passes. he has to provide that volume, right? Or else they're not going to move the ball. I mean, he has to. Exactly. He's a QB that likes to run too. He's a rushing quarterback. He's not a good passer. I think the uh, finger injury has been like w- like really limited in that game. Like he had like forty, like but forty five and fifty between that per- uh, completion percentage. I don't think that he's that bad. I think that's partly him being bad and partly the finger injury. So maybe he looks to rush a bit more. I think that he's a fine, like, <laughs> he's a white Cam Newton at this point. Yeah, kind of. A little bit. Yeah, I mean, it's similar. I mean, bad quarterback play who just runs the ball, you know, right. makes him viable. It's gross, though. Uh, not gonna, <laughs> speaking of gross, give me the Jets plus five here, low-key. I like it. Yeah. There's like a it. very real possibility that the Saints, like they have a good defense. They just crush the crush the Jets on offense, and they're and then Alvin Kamara and uh, maybe a little some Taysom Hill runs just uh, do enough for the Saints to uh, beat the spread. That's what it's called. Not yeah, Alvin Alvin Kamara is gonna carry the team on the back if they get this game for sure. Yeah, he's. I I would love to see like ten targets for him. That'd be awesome. That'd be sick. That'd be sick. Moving on here, second to last game of today's show, we have the Cowboys taking on Washington on the road. Only a four-point spread. Dallas minus four. Washington's been hot. Uh, give me, give me the, the Cowboys here. Minus Nick four. Cowboys. Personal. I, I think I think I the mean, Cowboys are better than people give them credit right. for. Honestly, uh, you know yeah, you're starting a ton of players here. Ton of players. Yeah, Washington's been on a bit of a winning streak. Cowboys on a bit of a losing streak, but I still don't like Taylor Heineke to cover that and. Against a defense that has been good across the season, I don't think that the Washington is going to do enough. Even if they maybe hang in there for a little bit, I think eventually, uh, ultimately they'll lose. Cowboys, obviously, you're starting the same guys you always start in Dak, Lamb, Mark Cooper, Dalton Schultz. Do expect Lamb and Amari Cooper to be back. Uh, Lamb already was, but Amari, I expect him to be back to like what he is and like playing the vast majority of snaps and so sure. Looking to bench uh, Gallup there. But you're starting the guys you always start on both teams, really. It's just really Gibson and McLaren for Washington. 
Yeah, I agree. I think the story of this game, honestly, is going to be turnovers. If Washington can keep it clean, it could be a close game. But if Taylor Heineke <laughs> throws a pick or two, it's going to be a blowout, honestly. Um, Look, I, I don't think it could be that uh, close. I forgot the Cowboys had running backs. Right. I'm starting Zeke. <laughs> benching Pollard, I think. I'm playing both. I, I think they're both viable starters. Pollard was um, limited or out in practice? I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't remember. Okay, well, keep an eye on Pollard. I didn't see any reports from Rappaport or Schefter when I was he looking at the He said that like, he'll ultimately he'll be fine. This, this is just a small thing. But okay. it is well, something to keep a note of. And Pollard, uh, you're banking on that big play. You really are. Like he, sure. I think he's crossed like 10 points in four games this year. All of them, except maybe one, have had a long touchdown. More than Kyle Pitts. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Anyway, moving on. Speaking of Kyle Pitts, let's go to your uh, your Atlanta Falcons taking on the Carolina Panthers on the road. Mm-hmm. Panthers favors minus two and a half in this game. Yeah, hell yeah. Two garbage cans taking on each other here. Uh, you know, I'll just let you take this year, my, my my little beautiful Atlanta Falcons fan. Go ahead, let it rip. Thank you for that. Yeah, appreciate it. Um, Falcons. I said start no one except Pitts and maybe Gage because Pitts. I know, like the fantasy points haven't been. What about what about Cordell them. Patterson? Oh, yeah, Patterson. I always forget running backs exist. Shit. Fuck. Oh, no, it's fine. What about Davis? I always running backs. You don't, you don't, um, like, I don't like Davis. Patterson, Gage, and Pitts. Pitts, the production hasn't been there, but there is um good deployment and good targets. So I'm really just chasing targets, Jerry. That's he's, he's due. I mean, like I, I've been kind of like a quote-unquote Pitts hater, I guess you could say. I mean, he's due. You're, I mean, memeing. You're memeing. Yeah, I, I'm memeing, but like yeah. – I, I still like Pitts. I think he, he gets he's too involved in the offense to not be played, exactly. even though it's been bad. You gotta play him. I mean, he's he seeing like, deep targets too. Like this he's is due to hit. he's a high upside player. Like week to week, there's a lot of upside. Panthers and defense so, is better than I think. Panthers defense is underrated, though. Honestly, yeah, they're a good defense. Last time they really kind of shut down Pitts. He still got decent looks, but I think they put like Gilmore on him. And it's like, what the hell are you gonna do if you're a rookie? Who's only like 21 years old? Uh, Cry. In, in like your what tenth game? What week was that? Like Who knows? against Stephon Gilmore, you're almost here. But I still am playing Kyle Pitts. Yeah, I mean you, you kind of have to honestly. But let's move yeah. over to the Panther side of the ball here, where things get a little bit hairy with, uh, you know, Cam Newton, the uh, the former fantasy football legend, and uh, he has not been great throwing the football. Let's just say that his his last performance great. It was okay it, against. Uh, in the game before that, but yeah, but last last performance was literally yeah. one of the worst QB games I've seen. Dolphins have stepped it up uh, on defense. Yeah, uh, defense is important, obviously, but you know Cam is I'm gross. Still looking to roll him out like as a QB two. That's fine. QB two is fine. I don't. I don't think I'm playing him. He's definitely not top twelve for me. Yeah, probably not. If I did rank him, I'd probably agree with you. I'm um DJ Moore never leaves my lineup because I'm just a big old uh target share and weighted opportunity rating kind of guy. You do guy. love your DJ Moore, that's for sure. Hell yeah. I don't I don't think he's seen like under 20% target share in basically any game this year. I think there might have been a couple, but it's really just been consistent greatness in far as far as earning targets and earning valuable targets. There's a lot to like there for more. I don't think I'll ever bench him. That's and fair. then Chuba Hubbard is like a fine RB2. I do expect Amir to really take some of the ceiling away. A little bit of the floor, too. He's the receiving back. Been, uh, ran a lot more routes than Chuba 
in when he was on the Panthers. I know he was on the Vikings early in the season. But now he's on the Panthers, and I do expect him to be the receiving back, but not enough to be startable in his own right, just enough to take away from Chuba Hubbard. But Dude, I honestly just, just don't know if Chuba's good enough. Yeah, I don't uh, think he's good. I just think that he sees gross. opportunity. Right. There's a very real chance that Chuba Hubbard gets, like, 15 carries for, like, 40-ish yards, one reception or something, and then Cam Newton snipes a rushing touchdown, Amir Abdullah sees Exactly. Seven. That's what I was going to say. I, feel like I have nightmares possible, of Chuba. But I'm still rolling out Chuba Hubbard when, uh, where I need to as an RB2. Sure. I mean, you kind of have to, especially if you have the opportunity to play him and he's, like, been on your bench for a while. You kind of have to play him. It just feels right. But, you know, I'm, I'm just scared of, like you said, like, you know, like that full workload gets, like, 50 rushing yards and then ends up with, like, eight points. It's just You still just got to – Right, still just chase the the volume. Yeah, for sure. And uh, I mean, anything else you want to add to the game? I mean, that'll do it for the show. I mean, I'll probably be taking the Panthers minus two and a half, honestly, uh, just because I think their defense is really good. Uh, but I don't love the spread, really. It's kind of, it's almost a pick them, honestly. Right, that kind of game makes me wish, not makes me wish, makes me very glad that an NFL red zone exists because I do not want to watch Facts. that. Game. That's so true. It just get, it just feels really gross because, like, on one hand, it's like, yeah, there that offense with, like, Cam Newton uh, last time against the Dolphins, that was bad. And then you look at the gross. Falcons across the season, you're like, their offense has not been great. Their defense has been also not great. And Dude, the Falcons, just the quick tangent here, the Falcons, like, how have you guys not fixed your defense? I feel like you draft a defensive player in the first round like every season. Terrell's, and you, you can't Terrell's fix good. It. Terrell's, been Terrell's good, good, but I mean, you know what I mean? Like, you need more than that. Panthers, like, just like you said, what the Panthers did, they were bad on defense too. And then they drafted Horn, they drafted, uh, what is that on two defense? Who they draft like eighth overall right before Isaiah Simmons? Brian Burns? No, they no, drafted uh, four. Who? What's his name? Someone's screaming at us as they're listening to this. I forget. Oh, man. He he came from Auburn. Derek Brown. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Derek Brown's very good. There's, like, a lot of defensive additions, and they traded for some great players. They traded for Gilmore and for C.J. Henderson, too. Uh, That's what's what's making them. And they drafted Jeremy Chin, too. It's been You just need constant additions to the defense. Like, that's what the Falcons are going to be doing uh, over the next couple years, too, to build on what they've already done. Eventually, there's a lot of uh, parity. Yeah, like year to year in defensive performances, like we saw the Cowboys be really bad last year, and it was sure. like, oh yeah, I love drafting uh, Dak Prescott in round five because their defense sucks. I'm like, no, I don't count on it, and then their defense doesn't suck. Parsons has been very good for them. I, I, he's oh, yeah, almost single handedly sure. him and Trayvon Diggs have like exactly. solved. You only need defense. a couple of good playmakers. That's all he takes. I mean, yeah, I mean, you're right. Honestly, the Steelers I, had a bad defense and then they got Minka to, fixed Watt it. broke out and then they traded for Minka and that's been it. A couple of other True. Additions, but True. All right. Well, that's going to do it for today's show, everybody. We will see you again Friday to finish up the Sunday breakdowns and bring you guys to our starts of the week. So we'll see you there. Happy Thursday, everybody. Have a great day and enjoy the game tonight. We'll see you guys later. Bye-bye. Bye.